0: Welcome to Golf Better at Edwin Watts Golf, episode 109. Hello, everyone. I'm Tom Brissell. Thanks so much for listening. If this is your rookie voyage or you're a frequent flyer on the Starship Golf better. either way, we're glad you're with us. And with me almost, it seems like, after every major championship is the vice president, Kerry Cabase. And Kerry, another one, and it certainly didn't disappoint, did it?
1: Fantastic tournament, and uh, you had to be happy for Darren Clark. Uh, Darren Clark, a, a great, great winner.
0: Three Americans in the top five. And one of those Americans, his short game coach, is with us today. You may know him from that, but he's, his name is synonymous with, with golf short game, is in fact ten of his professional students have won a total of nineteen majors. He's got uh, short game schools not only nationally here but around the world. Again, he's joining us courtesy of Odyssey Golf. Of course, we're talking about Mr. Dave Pels. Dave, thanks so much for joining us. It's uh, it's an honor and pleasure to have you here. Tom, it's uh, nice to be with you. I'm sure a lot of people know what you do now, but there had to be a road down the way. And talk what you did before back in college days and in pre golf.
2: Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, I grew up as a golfer. I I played my first tournament when I was seven and uh, went to college on a golf scholarship. So I really had every intention of playing golf the rest of my life for a living. And uh, I did play four years for Indiana University and um, really enjoyed it. But when I got out of school, I majored in physics. And when I got out of school, I wasn't good enough to play the PGA Tour. That's what I wanted to do. That's what I tried to do, but I wasn't good enough. So I uh, was really, really fortunate, got a great job at Goddard Space Flight Center, NASA. And uh, as a NASA scientist, I did space research for 15 years. And what I really look back now, that was a long time ago, I left NASA in uh, 1975, and I've been doing uh, golf research for the last 35 years, and I look back and I see that NASA taught me the true meth scientific method, how to use it. Of course I learned it intellectually at Indiana uh, in studying physics, but when you get out in the real world and and your job my job at NASA was to do space research, to send mass spectrometers and uh uh various devices to the uh planets in our solar system then and, and and to create experiments that would measure things and and send them back uh, telemetry back to our earthbound receivers and and then analyze the data I learned that you had to measure one variable at a time you had to separate everything keep everything constant and use the true scientific method if you're going to learn anything and so while I was learning this method of course I was continuing to play golf uh, while I was at NASA I played when I could and I started doing research, little research projects at home and night and on the weekends. And I found, lo and behold, once you measure what you're really doing with your putting stroke, uh, you can improve it if you want to. I, I had taken many lessons, but the old cliches of uh, of teaching that were old wives' tales that were passed down over many generations didn't help me at all because many of them weren't accurate. Many of them didn't apply to me. I'm six foot five, and I. I have a very slow motion in a golf swing, and and I just, I started measuring things, and once I knew what I was actually doing, then it became relatively easy to improve, and I did qualify for U.S. Open and a U.S. Amateur, and I I started playing in national tournaments that I had not been, I mean, I was a scratch handicap amateur, and I could win my club championship and, and shoot even or under par at home, but... Put me on the road in a big tournament like a u.s open and something and i couldn't compete so anyway i learned what i was doing wrong under pressure and what the problems were and by that time though i had a family and i was working at nasa had been there for 15 years and was really enjoying it and so i kind of got into golf at the, in the back door i started doing research with tour players trying to help them learn to putt better and to chip and pitch better and I did research on the short game uh, that really no one had done before that. And so I got, I got uh, players that were actually improving and winning more money, and I got the opportunity to get into golf full-time, and I did it very hesitantly. I took a year's leave of absence then really enjoyed it, lost, lost a fair amount of money, lost pretty much everything I'd made in 15 years at NASA. But I enjoyed it. I thought, you know, if I could enjoy golf while I'm losing everything I have, what if I could make money about really enjoy it? And so I just kind of stuck it out and for 20 years didn't make a dime, but uh, I actually made enough to, to survive, and I put my three kids into college. They weren't through college by then, but, but then the story changed. Then I started giving schools. Uh, disseminating the information that I had learned in teaching pros and that really went well and so I started making money and I've done very well since then so I've just stayed in golf I still in fact I was just communicating yesterday with some of my old colleagues at Goddard Space Flight Center I still stay in touch with the space research and I love it but I am a golf nut I've been a golfer all my life and uh, golf is besides my family my family golf is number one in my life and I really enjoy. I still do a lot of research. I still do a lot of teaching, still coach a number of tour players. And uh, like you say, Phil is uh, is a great, great student and he's been a great friend. And I've learned, I think, more from him than he's learned from me. But anyway, we've had a great time and he almost pulled it off last Sunday. He, he made a great first 10 holes and then uh, things started going the other way, but he did finish second. So it was a nice British Open, and I loved Darren Clark, and I loved the fact that he pulled through. And after 20 tries, he finally got that claret jug in his grasp.
0: Well, your story is amazing, and it's one that you could share with so many young people to uh, make sure you do what you enjoy in life, follow happiness, and everything everything else should fall into place.
2: You know, it is it is funny because I'm I'm sitting here looking out now, and I'm, I'm looking over golf, and uh, I get up every morning, and I... I really think about golf. I have golf research projects going on. Uh, I'll be working with Phil again in a few weeks uh, before the PGA and uh, helping prepare for that. Golf is just an incredible way to make a living. If you can be around it, be with golfers who are great people, enjoy the story, enjoy the camaraderie, enjoy the game itself. I can't think of a better way to make a living, so I... While I do still watch the stars at night and I enjoy reading about space research, I've never looked back. I've never had a moment's hesitation that thought I might have done the wrong thing. I really think I'm a golfer first and then a scientist second rather than the other way around.
0: Let's dive into putting because that's where everyone loves to pick your brain. So many people give the excuse that people were born great putters, but that's not necessarily true. Some people may have some innate skills that help them to that, but... But putting, great putting, can be learned, can it not?
2: Oh, there's no question. There's no question. I mean, whoever said golfers are are made, uh, I mean, golfers are born, not made, or great putters are born, not made, that's just totally ridiculous. There are many kids that I've taught over the years, and most of them are very poor putters. You you learn to putt, and the kids that really start early and, and work hard and, they can become pretty good putters when you're fairly young. Uh, in fact, he ran the World Putting Championship a number of years ago, and a 10-year-old, uh, Derek Penman was the uh, was putting champion of the state of Kentucky. Best putter in Kentucky was 10 years old, and he, he had about an 18-inch putter. And he could really putt really, really well. So it doesn't take a lot of uh, skill. I mean, it doesn't take a lot of strength or speed or intellectual expertise. Uh, But it does take some talent and some skill in terms of moving the putter through impact square and some touch on how hard to hit it and how to read greens and play the break. Derek was a real good golfer by the age of 10, and he could putt really well. That doesn't mean he's going to putt well all his life, because I've seen many tour players lose their ability to putt. They've actually gotten into the putting yips, and a lot of players – in my own case, for example, I have competed over many, many years now with tour players in putting and short game and wedges, and and if I prepare and practice a lot, I can compete with them. If I don't, I can't. It, it's uh, It comes and goes as you prepare and train yourself. If your body knows what to do and how to do it, and you do it often enough and repetitively enough, you can get pretty good at a lot of things, and certainly anything in golf. I mean, if I... If I work hard on my driving, it does improve if I practice properly. If I work hard on my wedge game, it does improve if I practice properly. And the same thing on putting. You You can putt as well as you want to if you devote the time and the effort and the energy and do it properly. The problem with it in general is that most people just go to the green. They try to practice their putting. They practice their putting by trying to make putts, but they don't realize where they're aiming. They don't realize that they're working on the wrong things when they're practicing, and all, all bad practice does is groove your bad habits. It doesn't improve them. So the key is, if you're going to improve anything in golf, learn what you're doing wrong and why, learn how to improve it, and then do it lots of times with feedback so that you know when you do better rather than worse, and you will improve over the long haul.
0: I was looking at your website, and there was a video clip with you and Phil on it, and and you talked about the four main components of putting. Those are alignment, reading the green, having a square face, and and proper speed. And I'd like to just ask you about a couple of those. Uh, proper uh, proper alignment isn't just setting your feet up parallel to the the line of the, of the putt and and taking a whack at it. Talk about alignment.
2: Well. It's funny, it depends on how you're going to swing your putter. If you're going to swing your putter with both hands on the shaft and you're going to stand and putt out to the side of your body, then your shoulders should be parallel to the line that you want the putter to to move on through impact. In other words, your shoulders should be, because your arms are connected to your shoulders, everybody, you know, it's just built that way, uh, they're going to naturally swing parallel to your shoulder socket, so it's really not, your feet aren't too important other than how they position your shoulders, and your hips aren't important other than how they affect your shoulder alignment, so you should get your shoulders parallel to the putting line that you want to stroke along and start the ball on, and that's what we call the aim line, you get your shoulders parallel to the aim line, and then you get your eyes parallel to that same aim line, but over it. It can be behind the ball, but they should be over the aim line so that you're not looking at an angle at the, between the ball and the, the starting line of the putt. You should be looking right down the starting line of the putt. If you, your shoulders are parallel to that line, your eyes are on that line, then your hands, unless you screw it up, are going to swing parallel to that line and your putter will move down the line. That's what a good putter path is, uh, instinctively comprised of and it doesn't create any tension in the muscles to make it happen. See, if you stand face sideways, if you um, in other words, if you just stood like you do behind the ball and looked at the line and tried to move your putter towards the hole or towards the start on the starting line of the putt, it would be a very difficult motion. It would be all muscle controlled. It wouldn't have any bones involved at all. It would just be muscular control, which is very difficult to do in in the putter. So that, my, my advice is to get your shoulders parallel to the aim line, get your eyes on it, get a pro to help you, get somebody to watch you and tell you when you're right and when you're wrong, or get some kind of a learning device, and then go practice.
0: Well, that leads into putter itself because you've got a relationship with odyssey putters you've never endorsed a putter company before and what they've done is nothing short of phenomenal nine wins on the tour um most putters in the in the open championship last week how did you get working with the folks at odyssey and talk about how some of their putters that you've helped design can help you with alignment
2: well you're you're exactly right i've never endorsed a golf equipment company uh before because I've always wanted to be able to tell my students the truth. And, uh, I mean, I've based my whole career on telling people the absolute truth and the facts and reality and measuring things, and I try not not to blow any smoke in any direction. So when I talked to the people at Odyssey, they actually called me a number of years ago, a few years ago, and said, uh, we would like to license your three-ball putter patent. And I had actually patented a design of putters uh, with two balls on top and three balls on top because I, by, by research I had found that you could aim it better. If you use the ball that you're going to put and put them in line with two or three others, it forms a really long line. It's kind of like a dash line, and your mind perceives where it's heading, and uh, you could aim that putter with that on top of it better than any other putter I ever measured. And so I did. I licensed that to them. And Odyssey created the two-ball putter, which uh, you may or may not know became the largest swing club in the history of golf. They've they've sold over three million of those putters by now, I think, and uh, that went very well. But that's not why I endorsed them. In in this relationship, in talking to the people that did the research, they came to the same conclusion that I had come to in measuring how people aim and their alignment, and they they created a great model of the two-ball putter, and it did infringe on my patent, but once I licensed it to them, they were fine. They were cleared to go ahead and make it. But in talking with their research team, I got to see what great people uh, and what great researchers they have on staff. And so that is why I have, in, in fact, become the brand ambassador for Odyssey Putters. They, they do the best research in the game. They are purely in it uh, to help golfers putt better. They're not just in it to to sell putters. I can tell you that. I guarantee you, they're in in it for more than putting. They're trying to help golfers putt better. Putting happens to be 43% of the game, plus or minus two percent. So it's almost half the game, and they're they're trying to help golfers. They're giving them this year. They came out with uh, dart putters, which was uh, it's totally focused on helping you aim and uh, get your directional ability to get your eyes and your putter face square to the line, square to the target line. And it's all based on research. They're not blowing any smoke either, and so that's why I've become associated with them. Uh, I love the guys. I don't actually do the research for them. I just learn about what they're doing and uh Sometimes comment about it, but they're the guys that are, are really doing the research now, and they're doing a great job. They're making great putters.
1: What people don't know, uh, or a lot of people may not know, uh, Dave, you actually made a putter—the three-ball putter. Uh, Evan Watts sold a lot of three-ball putters in his day.
2: <laughs> that's right. I uh, I had it patented, and I started selling them. And then the USGA said, "You know, that's that's not that's not right. That's not legal." and they outlawed it for 14 years, and uh, the, the patent just set idle. But then Odyssey picked it up and started doing research, and they found, hey, this, this really is right, and there's really nothing wrong with it. And so they, they petitioned the USGA, and the USGA approved it. They changed personnel by that time, and they approved it. And that, that really is the story of the two- and the three-ball putters. They, they are uh, and always have been a better alignment tool, Now Odyssey has this, uh, they've got the backstrike putter and and then the dart alignment on that. And so those are the first putters that I've ever seen that challenge the ability for alignment in golfers. Uh, They test very well against the two and three balls, and they're doing very well. I think a lot of people are using them. And uh, uh, Odyssey, obviously, is the the most dominant putter manufacturer in the game. They they do win putter counts, and they've got a very large... uh, Dominant position in the marketplace.
0: Mr. Dave Pell's joining us. Dave, as we go on to help somebody become a better putter, reading greens. I think if they listen to this one thing from you, it'll help out tremendously. Do most players underread or overread break?
2: <laughs> well, unfortunately, they underread. If you if you if you say a putt is actually scientifically measured to break a foot, and you only play six inches then you've got to hit the ball way too hard to make it. I mean, actually, speed does control how much a ball breaks between your putter and the hole, and the harder you hit it, the less it will break. But you can only hit it so hard and have it still stay in the hole even if it hits it. So most people underread the break, and they do it because it's an instinctive thing to do. It it makes it look easier. I mean, a, a straight putt is a lot easier to make than a putt that breaks a foot. So people kind of pretend that it only breaks maybe an inch or two or three, and then they let their subconscious worry about making a compensation that might give the ball a chance to go in the hole. And that compensation is what screws up their strokes so badly, because you realize if you underread a right to left putt, you've got to push it to make it. And if you underread a left to right putt, you've got to pull it to make it. So that's why golfers who use the same stroke but read greens poorly. Aren't very good putters, even though they may have a perfect mechanical stroke. If you don't know where to aim it, you're not going to make very many. And when people underread, they have to hit it harder. And the truth is, most people don't hit the ball solid, so they don't hit it as hard as they think they are going to. And that makes the underreading even worse. That's why 85 to 90 percent of all putts miss below the hole, and that's a fact. That's not uh, anything I'm, I've measured many, many times. The pros get it down to about 70%. The really good putters on the professional tour miss about 70% below the hole. Now, the students that I work with, I've actually had periods of time when Phil Mickelson was working uh, really hard on this. He started missing more than half, more than 50% above the hole, and we had to calm that down a little bit to keep uh, keep him from over-reading putts. But most golfers, even on tour under-read, by a little bit but in the amateurs they to read by a lot and it it really is too bad because it hurts people's putting if they learn to aim better they would make more putts
1: learned a lot they carry just on alignment and uh, and green reading dave, dave i gotta ask you this because i think a lot of putters have routines that they usually go uh use before they put you know whether you take a couple practice putts. so i, I got to ask you this question so on number 11 on sunday did Phil go through his routine on that short putt on 11?
2: Well, he actually did. He went through it. It may have been a little fast. Uh, later, he said it was just a stupid mistake and, and that he must not have taken the time. He wasn't really thinking about it at the moment, uh, and that, that's probably the problem. He was, you know, mind racing, and he was 10 under after – I mean, he was 6 under after 10 holes, and he thought he had just gotten it up and down beautifully on 11. He had a great little chip shot there, and it was really good. And he should have gotten it up and down. He was thinking about 12. And that's what happens. I mean, everything was going so fast and so well, and you just get ahead of yourself, and it even happens to the greatest players. I mean, here's a guy that's won 39 times, one of the great players of all time, and he's won four majors now, and he still gets ahead of himself out there, and he just, he just hit it. You know, he's so excited. You never see Phil miss one of those below the hole. I mean, he always blows them by when he does get excited. He hits them firm, and they don't break as much as he's playing. So he, it's just an excitement thing, and you know he realized it once he'd done it, and he tried to calm down. And but it was really tough coming in. He had three more bogeys coming in, so it didn't finish the way he wanted to. But I tell you what, I've I don't know many people in the world that can birdie six of the first ten holes on that golf course in that kind of win
1: may have been uh, the finest nine or 10 holes that I've seen in a major in a long, long time.
2: Yeah. I, I, I just couldn't believe it. I mean, I was so excited watching it that uh, I couldn't, I couldn't, could hardly breathe. (laughs) Look, Aaron Clark really outplayed the field for most of the time, most of the tournament. So he was a very deserving winner and, and I'm really happy for him. He's had a tough, uh, a few tough breaks in the last few years and, you know, he's a great, great
1: guy. I don't think there'll be many guys on tour that we're not happy to see Darren win. It was a great win.
2: In fact, listen, one of the guys that was the most, important, uh, most discouraged was Phil because he really felt like he let it go. He had a chance and he let it get away from him. But he waited uh, waited for Darren to come in. You know, he was there congratulating him as soon as he came off the golf course. He was the first guy to shake his hand and, and congratulate him and give him a big hug because they're great friends. And... And nobody is upset that Darren Clark won that tournament, because he is a great uh, golfer, but he's also a great man, so. Uh,
0: we're all happy for him hey dave as we close if somebody really wants to be a better putter i mean not just hoping to be but really wants to invest the time there's a there's a number of ways you can help them you've got books out there 10 minutes a day to better putting you've got schools that are out there a lot of that's on your website can you tell the listeners a little bit about where to find you and, and how to locate you and your schools and and the information from you
2: well yeah, I'd be happy to and thank you for the uh the chance to say that. I, I I really would I mean my golfing life is is all about helping people score better. Uh a big part of that is putting, a big part of that is hitting the wedges closer to the holes in the short game. But we've got our website, it's Pellsgolf.com, P E L Z G O L F, one word, Pellsgolf.com. Uh or it's 8 8 Dave Pells is our uh, toll-free line. You can all, uh, call 888 dave the D A V E P E L, and then the Z. Of course, doesn't matter. But uh, on our website, we have devoted ourselves to try to help golfers improve. And, look, I'd love to sell you books. I'd love to sell you learning aids. But the, the main thing about learning to improve is, first, you've got to learn what your problem is. And many golfers can't do that by themselves. Even reading a book, it may it helps some, but if it doesn't help you, then you've got to go to your pro. Go to talk, get him to look at your putting stroke and see if he knows what's wrong. Because practicing the wrong thing won't help you. Practicing the right thing the wrong way won't help you. You've got to practice the right thing in the right way with the right kind of feedback. All three of those have got to be right if you're going to spend time to practice and improve. So... My final plug here is if you, if you don't get better reading a book or watching a videotape, if you don't get better with your local pro, then please come to one of our schools or clinics because we have spent our life teaching the short game and putting. That's all my staff does. We don't teach the full swing. We leave that to lead and butch and the great full swing teachers. We focus on the short game and putting, and if you come to us, we will help you putt better. We'll help you score better.
0: Dave, thanks so much for joining us. It's been a great 20, 25 minutes, and congratulations again on, on what you've built over your life and, and what you've got out there on tour and, and the people that are on tour that are being better golfers because of you. We, we greatly appreciate
2: it. Well, it's my pleasure. We're all about putting, and uh, for Odyssey and Dave Pills, we, we want you to putt better and score better, and and let's get after it if, uh, if we can possibly encourage you to do so.
0: Thanks so much, Dave. Thank you. Well, Kerry, how good was that one? I mean, we've had short game clinics throughout the franchise this year, putting clinics and all that, and there you hear it from the man who is probably the world's most renowned short game instructor. You can
1: get better if you invest the time and do it, not just do it, but do it the right way. How about his background, too? Unbelievable. This is a scientific uh, approach. If there ever was one. But, uh, you know, uh, what a great, uh, interesting story of how he got involved in golf and where he came from. But uh, you're right here's the guru of uh, of the putting green, right there.
0: Yeah, and thanks so much to our good friends at Odyssey Golf for bringing Dave Pels to us. And also... They're going to help you get better. They've provided us, courtesy of Eric Miracle at Callaway Odyssey Golf, we have an Odyssey dart mallet putter to give away. Right hand, 35 inches. So uh, if you're left-handed and you go ahead and register, we might be able to take care of you if you win anyway. But go to edwinwattsgolf.com, click on the Golf Better podcast link, and then click on the Register to Win icon for your chance to win that putter. And like he said, it's proven. As far as alignment goes, it gets you set up right.
1: It's our number one selling putter right now, so definitely uh, what a nice gift that is.
0: Yeah, let's take it back to episode number 108. And it's another putter, another good putter from a different company, Seymour Putter Company. Our good friend Jim Grunberg was kind enough to donate a Seymour FGP two putter. And I'll let you announce the winner, here
1: looks like uh, Vince Alamario
0: of Anaheim, California. Germany. California, out there at Disney World and the California Angels. Congratulations,
1: Vince. And uh, that's a great putter as well. And we'll be getting that out in the mail to you shortly. Uh, Tom, uh, got some great new products uh, that will be actually hitting our stores here real soon. Uh, the Ping G20 family will be launched uh, in our stores on August the 12th. Uh, family of uh, drivers, fairways, hybrids, and irons. I've seen the clubs. They're fantastic. Uh, definitely want our customers to come by and see us. We'll do a, a launch event in our store that weekend so people can come in and try the clubs out and see the, the clubs. There will be uh, some ping uh, reps in a lot of the doors to help you with your fitting. So definitely don't want to miss that. Put that on your calendar that uh, August the 12th you'll see the, the brand-new G20s.
0: That's great, Kerry. And thanks so much for joining me again. Thanks again for Mr. Dave Pels for joining us, and for you, our listeners, for taking time as well. Make sure to join us next time. We have another episode of Golf Better at EdwinWattsGolf.com. So long, everyone.